Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. And in a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. I'm your host, Monica Mohoya. I'm your girl, Angela Wamboi. And I'm your girl, Lash Angela. Welcome back, Overreactors, to another episode of Queen Hustle Season 3. A big welcome if you're tuning in for the first time. We have this amazing goal that we hope we will accomplish with your help to reach to 1 million streams this year. So if you haven't already, just go to and go ahead and subscribe to Sister Speaks Global podcast pages on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor, as well as their Capital FM Kenya SoundCloud page. All right, so diving into what we're going to be discussing today with our fellow Queen Hustler, uh, women entrepreneurs in Kenya are still facing significant challenges. So things such as access to finance, access to different networks and favorable markets. So with that said, continued efforts are needed to remove these barriers and create an enabling environment for them to flourish, especially in insurance and tech entrepreneurship. That's right. We're going to be speaking to the Queen Hustler, who is an insure tech entrepreneur. But we have to recognize uh, trends don't lie. Despite the effects of COVID, the future of women entrepreneurship in Kenya and Africa is likely to continue growing and playing an increasingly important role in driving the economic development. Uh, factors to increase the access to education and technology, as well as uh, influencing government policies and programs that we are seeing uh, supporting women em- entrepreneurs and contributing to the growth of this um, of the same, uh, this uh, you know the, the the shift that we are seeing it's more inclusive and dis- uh, disruptive, and we're seeing more sustainable business models evolving, uh, creating more opportunities for what we term as traditional uh, sectors. So today, when we talk about InsurTech is insurance and technology, and there's an amazing lady in the house who has actually found a way to create entrepreneurship or has navigated that journey of entrepreneurship. We have the right person to unravel that conversation. Welcome, Eunice. Thank you very much. You are most welcome. So please tell us who you are and a fun fact about you. Wow, <laughs> fun. Uh, <laughs> my name is Eunice Mainamburu. Uh, I must say, Maina is my father, and Buru is my husband. Uh, these days, that's what we are doing, you know, just add a hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I'm a mother, um, a wife, and uh, an entrepreneur. I'm the CEO and founder of Bismart. Bismart is an online insurance comparison platform. Uh, we call it an online insurance marketplace. Uh, where you can go and shop for the insurance that suits you, not based on price only, but based on benefits, exclusions, you know, and the things that they don't tell you. Yeah, I'm also a, a coach, a sales coach and trainer at 20X Entrepreneurs, uh, where I, I help entrepreneurs grow their revenue from X to 20X. Amazing. Wow. Sign us up. Sign us up. <laughs> <laughs> we want that. Yeah. Um, so your background says you are a scientist techie, and um, I did a little background check on you. Um, I saw that you had worked for another insurance company. Most people get really comfortable in a, a nine-to-five, in a regular paycheck. Um, so it takes a lot of courage to say, I've learned what I want, but I actually want to create my own. So what was the thing that, like led you to think, okay, I've learned, I can see where the gaps are, um, and I'm ready to start. And did you start before you left, or did you like just take that whole courage and just, you know, 
close shop with the current job and then just start your own? <laughs> uh, it's interesting you ask that question because that was not the first uh, place I resigned. Um, yes, as you said, I'm a scientist. I studied chemistry and mathematics. And then I studied computer um, science. I'm a Microsoft certified system engineer. And um, a trainer, a trained trainer. Uh, wow. So um, when I was working as a trainer, I felt that I could not educate my child in the training institution where I was training because I could not afford it. And I asked, so how will I be able to afford school fees for my child? Of course, I know you're wondering, okay, you're married, you should not worry. Yeah, where I come from, we worry. <laughs> it's important mm-hmm. uh, to know that I can take care of myself and my child, um, whether he's there or not. And um, I read many books. And one of the books that I read is um, Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And uh, I had also read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he says, for you to make money, you need to learn how to sell. And so I was clear that because I want to make money, I need to learn selling. And so what I did when I hit the ceiling, that is after training for five years, I needed to find a sales job. So I was looking for a sales job when I ended up in the insurance. Uh, it was not by def- uh, by design. It was just a coincidence mm-hmm. or an accident that I ended up selling insurance. <clears throat> so when I was selling insurance, remember I'm coming from a technology background. I saw everything wrong, you know. You know, I'm coming from an ISO certified institution. Mm-hmm. And that time, insurance companies are not looking good. You know, you go find the desks are broken. And I'm like, where am I? Mm-hmm. How does anyone even, you know, work like this? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happened is that my students who are working, you know, who had who could afford insurance, they needed, they could afford, and they could buy. When I called them and I told them that I'm now selling insurance, they never picked the second call. And I was confused. These are people who are calling me Miss, Madam. And now... They're not picking my calls. So there is a problem with the product that I'm selling. So I set out to understand what is the challenge in this, um, you know, in the insurance industry. Given that insurance is so good, why are people running away from it? And I figured out is that the way we deliver it is what was the problem. So uh, I, I started trying new ways and asking. You see, in, in sales, as I said, I'm a sales coach. You have to ask first, does the customer need my product? The truth of the matter is that my customers needed insurance, but do they want it? See, it's one thing to need, but it's another one to want because people buy what they want. And so I asked, what do they want? They need insurance, but what do they want? Mm -hmm. And I figured that they wanted to to be in charge of their money. 
they needed to be in control of their money. They don't want to, you know, uh, to have more month after the money. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen in January, that's for sure. <laughs> and yeah, like now it's January. <laughs> so they want to know that I have money to take me through the month and even some to save and to achieve other goals. And so I started training people on personal financial planning. And when I called them for personal financial planning, they came and would go through debt management, you know, goal setting. And that is how I, they started buying insurance. Why? Because insurance became part of the goals that they want to achieve. So it was not the thing they wanted, but it was one of the things that enabled them to achieve the goal. So, that, so throughout, I kept trying to understand what is this about insurance and customers? Yes, they need it, but why don't they want it? So I, I actually did very well. And I was one of the top sales agents in the industry. I'm sure Monica knows that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And as when I did so well, um, I always work with targets or rather goals. Uh, when I started selling insurance, I figured out what I needed to achieve. And when I achieved it, I went to my boss and I said, now I need another different job. And he was like, uh, you know, the company can't afford to pay you what you're earning. Because remember, as an insurance agent, you're earning on commission. Oh, yeah. Now, when I want this other <laughs> job, it means I'm going to be employed. Oh, okay. And so I'll be on a salary. And you can't take anything less of what you're Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fast forward, I got uh, a job as a country sales manager um, in micro-insurance. And this is where I was able to understand now the other side of insurance, the product design and development. And I kept asking, how can we use technology to drive insurance to masses? How can we uh, do what I did, you know, one-on-one? Um, -on -one? How can we educate people about their money and how insurance fits into their money goals and use technology so that we can reach many? So uh, that is what I was trying to do in the company. Uh, but you all know, big companies have got big structures. And they have like different insurance, <coughs> different goals. So you might have this idea, but then it, it's not embraced as you need it to be. As much as they wanted to achieve the goal, they're slower mm, because yeah. um, they, there's bureaucracies. And so I figured for me to achieve what I can see, and it was overwhelming, I really actually wanted to achieve it in the company. But then, you know, if it is going to take six months to get approval of concept, how long will it take for us to get to market? And so I left. You know, I've said so many things to just say that I left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I resigned mm -hmm. to start Be Smart. Mm -hmm. So I just resigned because... I, can I say I was impatient or can no, I say that I, I was I I too fast? No, I wouldn't describe it as impatient. It's like if you, if you have a tree and you put it in a pot, it's going to be limited in its growth. So you need it to be in a garden so that yes. you can be able to. Right? Absolutely. Yes, so yeah. that's yeah. why I left. Amazing. <laughs> wow. You have painted such a perfect picture of the transition. We yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, and I just love how you, you merged, you know, you looked at the problem and said, 
I don't want to be the person that is looking for people that are needy, but people that want this and, and educating the community. So um, you've taken us through that journey of how, you know, you exited. So paint a picture for us of how your journey of build, building Bismart as a marketplace and InsureTech is premised on the belief that the insurance industry is ripe for innovation and disruption. Um, and do you believe this is a case in Kenya right now? <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> <laughs> I've been that space. I know why you're laughing. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Um, interestingly is that, yes, uh, we are all saying it is ripe for disruption. And I believe so. But the question is, why have we not disrupted? Um, so, so when I look at the insurance landscape in Kenya, there's several things. And maybe I could say three of them. Number one, it's an industry that is, I call it a mucho mistrust. Mucho mistrust is whereby customers don't trust you and you don't trust them. I mean, it's like you have agreed not to trust each other, oh, but God. it is not safe. <laughs> right. Um, and why I say this is because customers, uh, what, the, what I hear them say is, uh, these guys are just taking my money. You know, uh, they don't tell me what is covered. Uh, they don't want to pay my claim. Uh, the truth of the matter is the insurer, uh, the insurance companies want to pay claims. However, the way they behave, it looks like they don't trust the customer too. In that, there's so many rules. You know, be, even as I'm getting this policy, it's already tiresome. You oh, know, yeah. uh, and so that's why I call it an industry of mutual mistrust. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not the right word, but it's, it's so, there's so much friction that, you know, you customer, you're defrauding, you know, you're like a fraudster in a, you know, until proven otherwise. Because that is the case. Customers are defrauding insurance companies and because they don't understand the terms, they add up, their claims add up not being paid. So that's how it looks like. So is it ripe for disruption? Yes, it is. But what need to be disrupted? So that's number one. Number two is the question of lack of understanding on the side of the customers. <clears throat> Can I say that, I, I can't say it's Kenyans only. Insurance is already so complex, you know, by its nature. Even the way it operates is a complex product. So, and people don't pay attention to understand the terms. So when you approach the agent or whoever is selling you insurance, you're looking at the agent as the person who is your security. That because I know this agent, so I'm safe. So you don't bother to read even the policy document because I have my agent and I trust my agent. I don't trust insurance, yes, but I trust my person. But does this person have your best interest? <laughs> exactly. Even if they do, the even if they do, they may not be able to explain all the details <laughs> yeah. about the policy. So it's the lack of education and it's very important. And number three is the lack of, you know, the affordability of the product and not just affordability in terms of becoming cheap is can I be able to pay daily, weekly? Because we are a 
with a gig economy, mm-hmm. a hustler nation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> uh, just very few people, about 3.6 million people have a formal employment. Another 13 million are doing daily, you know, they're being paid on a daily basis or weekly. Now, the 3.6 is where everybody is, is going to sell because these are the people who can afford the insurance. They're the people who have an employer who can deduct and pay the insurer. But what about the informal sector whereby they pay daily? And I'm glad that the government, the Hustler government, was talking about we need to organize the bottom. Yeah. So those are the three problems that I see in the insurance sector. Uh, of course, there are many others, but for <laughs> me, those are the big ones. And that is why it is ripe for disruption. But then disruption must solve those three. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious when you're talking, um, you know, about the 3.6, uh, what is the insurance uptake right now? What is the, you know, percentage or the rate? It's below 3%. Uh, of the wow. GDP. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> As opposed to the West where everything is almost insured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a really long way to go. And Actually, uh, just down here, not West, South Africa mm-hmm. is double digit. Is about, uh, is it 15% or 17% wow. of the uh, GDP? A question, which kind of insurance is taken up more? Is it life insurance? Is it death insurance? Is it covering my cost? Is it everything all together? Which ones are <laughs> car insurance? <laughs> Of course, mm-hmm. any insurance that is compulsory, then it's taken up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, Kenyans buy what is compulsory. And okay. So they don't buy because they feel they need it or because they want it. They buy because uh, police, you know. Yeah. yeah, so that's your vehicle, yes. first of all. Yeah. yeah. So we need to see our life as compulsory. Yeah. So especially medical uh, insurance is very key because we are in this. We have this culture of Harambe. Right? Yesterday they mm-hmm. released uh, this report. Uh, uh, Kenya National Bureau of Statistics mm-hmm. released the report of how many people have medical cover. It was it twenty three percent of wow. the Kenyans have a medical cover. That means the the other majority are paying out of pocket. Mm-hmm. There's also another research that was done, I can't remember when, it says every year 1.7 million Kenyans slide into poverty because of medical bills. Mm. Very true. That's very true. Yeah. Yet, mm-hmm. we don't, they don't want to <coughs> buy mm-hmm. insurance. So do you think it's more of like a cultural habit or a survival of the fittest mindset? It's, it's both. Mm-hmm. There's a cultural um, habit, we mm-hmm. Kenyans. One, we believe that uh, my problem is not mine. Uh, so, so you're my girls. Yeah. yeah. You will come through. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's, that, uh, it's a good thing and it's not a good thing. It's, it's very good because we keep the community alive, but it's also draining because, you know, you put me on a WhatsApp group that I don't want to be. Yeah. By force, by fire. <laughs> yeah. Because when you, <coughs> you put me in a wedding committee, whether I like it or not, just because I'm your friend is a must. You're not even asking for permission. Yeah, I'm in the hospital. Hey, can you contribute? Yeah, so that is our culture. And number two, survival for the fittest is also, I call it a scarcity mindset. 
whereby I believe I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the other person is the one who has. And so my work is to take what they have. Uh, so I don't have to sort my my life because... I have to see, I'll take, I'll take from Yeah, my, my brother is working in a big mm-hmm. company, you know, oh. and I can plan for them. You've called it. You've yeah. Called it the black tax. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, the first time I actually encountered with an insurance guy, I was like, these people are always super well-dressed and they will always tell you, oh my God, after five years, you're going to have this crazy amount of money. But I'm very curious, how has, has, has it changed? Are there more women in the industry? Or are these mindsets kind of shifting? Mm-hmm. And if we are going to um, achieve this disruption we are talking about, is it uh, from the business models that we are, you know, that we have to shake up from the traditional ones? Mm. Yeah. Um, when I joined insurance, there were more men uh, in the insurance sector. Actually, I remember um, because I was promoted before I was even one year old. I did so well that I got a promotion to be a unit manager in my branch within the first year. As in, yes, uh, it, no, it was the second year of my selling. And I was the only lady as a unit manager. So managers were men. Uh, bosses were men and ladies were now coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, how is it right now? There are many women who are selling insurance and excelling. So women have you know, own that space. And I was asking myself, why were we not having so many women? I've written a book called um, Sell Me This Pen. And in my book, I've explained, I've actually given this story, the biases is a woman that you face when you say, I'm selling insurance. I experienced it, you know, given that I was coming from the so-called noble profession mm-hmm. of training, and now I'm selling, I was called a hawker, now becoming a hawker actually um one of my pastors told me that you know why have you left such a noble profession to join the profession of thugs uh he's he's my friend yeah Uh, it's just how (laughs) they see it um yeah that's how they see it and i was you know thrown into an identity crisis whereby wait a minute Oh, is this how bad it is? Now, what made it worse is that one of my customers actually told me, now you're selling insurance. Utagawa, I, that was the word, word then for, I don't know how you guys call it what now. Utagawa <laughs> means that you're going to be um, like a, prost- a prostitute or, you know, a sex um Oh my God! It's like a colloquial <laughs> phrase around like you're going to sell yourself to be promiscuous. Yeah, yeah. For so yeah that because in that industry, so that you can get clients. Wow. Yes, <gasps> and now that helped me what? understand why, especially married women, could not sell insurance. And that's why that they—that's they, why there was uh, initially. Um, the growth in insurance has always been men. Men, men, men. Yes. Because they don't have to, I mean, people are more likely to take a man and listen to him seriously, while with a woman they can, you know, use this as an opportunity to flirt. Crazy. Turn what you are looking for as a business transaction into other Something things. Something else. Yes. Very interesting. And yeah. it's also important to understand that the majority who buy insurance are women. And this is 
it it may not be the woman paying the premium but women make that decision why because we are more interested in the security yeah. in that stability yeah. of a family you don't want to be caught off guard so as much as the women may not be the payer they are the one who make the decision to buy insurance and say hey boss you need to buy this for the children yeah. so what does that mean that as a woman uh, there are many even biases for women against women because uh, when a woman sees me uh, talking to their husband, what are they thinking? Already. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. I encountered that where <laughs> I happened to call my client at 10 a.m. in the morning. I'm thinking he's in the office and somebody picked the phone. <laughs> and I was like, Kwani, this guy got a PA, you know? Yeah. It, it, the only thing I would think is 10 a.m. You can't <clears> be <throat> home. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so when I called again, uh, he picked and I asked, oh, you got a PA and you didn't let me know. And the wife picked the phone and said, why are you calling me his PA? I'm his wife. You, you get, this, wow. uh, it's biases both ways. It's yeah. not just uh, the men, but also the women. Yeah. And so it, is, it's, it was not easy. And I don't think it's easier now. <laughs> I think it's still it uh, the same. Yeah. It still has its challenges. But women have learned to navigate that and... Uh, probably because of some of us who had to bear it and stand strong to, okay. to do it. I, yeah. I have a question about um, like transformation. So one thing we must touch on before we wrap up is that you have been able to combine things that people are finding hard to adapt. So one is technology and the other is insurance. How, what are, how have you been able to make Be Smart be the place where people can, you know, connect with and be able to understand first which insurance they should be getting, but also connecting with technology. You have people, you are talking about bottom up. Yeah. You have people who, in formal settlements, who might not have access to technology. How are you transforming that language? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Many people in the informal sector don't have technology. And what we've done at Be Smart um we have the marketplace where you are able to understand your policy before you buy because the whole idea okay. of creating the comparison platform was people like to go to the supermarket why because they are able to choose between say for example mm -hmm. if it is unga you want to choose between jogo and uh, the other one is called what pembe or, pembe or yeah. Not because they are fundamentally different, but because this what you feel about the brand that you take. But if it, you're presented with one option, you may actually find it difficult to buy that one. So we wanted to create this supermarket to give people an experience mm -hmm. of supermarket that experience it, you know, understand it, know it before you put your money. Because the first thing we do is you will put in your your name and, uh, you know, what you're looking for. And then we present you with the options available for your profile. We're not giving you everything. It's just what is available for your profile. Then you see, okay, say this company A is giving me a waiting period of 30 days. Company B is for 60 days. Company C is 90 days. Mm. Uh, the other one is giving me... Um, a pre you know, it's not covering pre-existing condition. B is, mm -hmm. uh, C, 
you know, is covering up to this limit. And this is the price for A, B, and C. So you're able to see, if I pick this, yes, it looks cheaper, but I'm missing out on, I have to wait for 60 days. Now, and then we've simplified that language in a way that um, we've removed the insurance jargons. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the words that are used in insurance are, you know, very complex. So we've simplified that. <coughs> and then uh, for the informal sector, those who cannot access, you know, the uh, uh, internet, but, but I can tell you that penetration of internet in Kenya is very high. Uh, the last time I checked, it was 68%. That's, that's really That's very that's high. Right. Yeah. So meaning everybody can be able to access a WhatsApp. Uh, I mean, majority can access a WhatsApp. Uh, over 100% can access a um, M-Pesa. Mm -hmm. So what do we do is we combine the platform and phone calls. For those who may not be able to, to access, we they can speak to us. Mm -hmm. So when they go to our website, they can chat or they can, uh, you know, uh, call us. And the other way we've done it is to partner with those people who serve uh, the informal sector, for example, the microfinance institutions. Mm -hmm. So we partner with them. And because these people, Kenyans love to borrow, okay? So <laughs> yeah. uh, as they are borrowing, us. say they are borrowing a motorbike, yeah. they borrow the motorbike plus the insurance embedded ah, on it. Yeah, so we partner with microfinance institutions, SACOs, to be able to now enable this bottom to access insurance absolutely amazing yeah <coughs> all right Eunice we want to thank you for sharing and um, helping us learn about your industry and how you've navigated the journey of insure tech entrepreneurship and for showing us it is possible to create multiple streams of income and businesses and remind us women that we are indeed the backbone of the African economy so before we wind up uh, we are gifting you a billboard Okay, it's going to be digital, but also it could possibly be along Uhuru Highway. And we want you to complete this sentence. Entrepreneurship is. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is uh, the ability to combine resources and create something that people want. For example, to be able to combine, mine, you know, capital, human resource, and um, the the you know, human capital, human resource, and, uh, you know, the three um, the three uh, things you were told in high school that forms a business. Yeah. Yeah, the natural resources. Combine them in a way that no one else can do it mm -hmm. and present it as a product or a solution to a problem. Well, you're yeah. definitely doing that with Be Smart. You're definitely, yeah. and I like the name. Um, <coughs> once again, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure everyone who's listening, especially those who are in the space of insurance and are looking to venture out like you did, will definitely be inspired with your story. Thank you, Overreactors, for you have been listening to the Overreact podcast, a space where we openly ask the tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. And we want to say a special thanks to Coffee <coughs> Mine because this space is where we record our studios. And if you're a content creator, you definitely need to come and check it out. Uh, tune in to us every Monday right here on Capital FM at 10.30 p.m. And you can as well listen to this very episode digitally too on uh, SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page. And also follow us on Sister Speaks Global podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Interact and follow us on Sister Speaks on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok.
TikTok as well. And also follow us on Instagram at Overreact Podcast. You've been listening to your girl, Monica Mohoya, and entrepreneurship is you know, save, you know, like meeting that pain point of a customer. It's your girl, Angelo and Boy. And if you don't have those insurances you need, let's get on it in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's your girl, Lash Angela. And I'll um, reiterate what Eunice had shared, which is to learn how to make money, you need to know how to sell. So, ladies, let's, let's overreact. overreact.